Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VTW, void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline if you feel like you do the same thing every day press one if you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes press two We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Quick Fire Queens. My name is Gia Worthy, and I am one of your lovely hosts for season 19 of Top Chef. Now, I know what you're all thinking. Um, Gia, haven't you done season 19 before? And actually, yeah, you know what? I have because not too long ago, we were also on the season 19 podcast and this time brought the same people with me for this occasion. Normally leading the podcast is the always wonderful, always prepared, always spectacular Naomi Calhoun. Naomi, how are you? Hello. Um, I'm trying to sound as dainty as possible because... I have COVID and so luckily I still have my taste buds and I can taste what the chefs are preparing, but uh, I'm trying to sound as dainty and um, gentle voiced as possible, although that's pretty hard, I gotta admit. Where I hope you feel better, it does not sound like a fun time and COVID was actually a theme of this episode, so I'm sure we will have a lot to discuss along the way. Oh yes, we will. Yes. And of course, what would this amazing trio be without the amazing Nicole Horn? Nicole, 
Hey everyone, this episode was so fun and I'm so excited to talk about it with you all. Very tasty, very meaty, filled with a lot of beef. And I'm sure um, by the end of it, um, hopefully none of us have a stomach ache. I was feeling pretty, uh, pretty full about like halfway through this episode, like only so many uh, beef dishes or meat dishes that I could do before I was like, I'm all set. Yeah, this is a real Housewives episode. So much beef going on. Jeez. (laughs) And then so this for this season, we are in the city of Houston, Houston, Texas. I feel like they've done Texas before, but not specifically Houston, right? It's been Dallas. And is there another season? with? I thought they just did Texas at large. They it did, wasn't like yeah. season nine? Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm uh, not going crazy. One of the reviled seasons of Top Chef, Top Chef Texas, which oh I have God. skipped in my rewatch, but maybe I should go back to it. Um, yeah. yeah, the city of Houston wanted a bunch of money for them to film in Texas. Uh, or I should say that Top Chef like wanted the city of Houston to pay a bunch of money to feature them. And Houston was like, no, we're okay. We're Houston, Texas. We don't need you. And so now I guess 10 years later, they do. Who knows? Okay. Yeah. I looked it up because I cannot remember all of the specific cities except Top Chef Boston, which will always be my fave. And yeah, I can understand why I forgot about that season, but but now don't they're mess back. with Texas. Don't mess with Texas. I know that I I would never. I would never dare. Apparently, they also don't want to mess with Texas because we're back there. And I think this is probably. Oh no, wait. They did a California season too. Never mind. So they've done California twice, but they're going back to Texas for this season. Um, we're gonna probably see a lot of great southern cuisine barbecue they said there was food from like everywhere that when um don burrell popped out she was like we got food from every single type of culture i was like okay maybe i gotta take a trip oh, right i know right it was making me like hmm, this wasn't originally on my list but i could reconsider and speaking of which yes they get right into things at the top as always padma tom and gail are our main three but we get right into it with with the quick fire and of course, what would it be without a fabulous guest? And this time it is one of my favorite from this past season, Don Burrell, who was a runner-up of Top Chef Portland. She's also a Houston native and she joins uh, Padma for the Quick Fire Challenge. And we get a little idea of all the contestants. I do love at the beginning where I feel like it's kind of just the time to like peacock about with everyone yes. I think that's the right <laughs> term but it's just like everyone raise your raise your hand if you're a James Beard nominee which by the way I did not know what the James Beard award was until last season where they had a challenge like specifically about it and so they did all of that like all the showboating of all the different things that people have done in their careers so it was that- like raise your hand if you've made out with Tom Colicchio and I'm like me <laughs> I mean that's my claim to fame so I, Gia, as you know, I went back and I watched Top Chef season one. Um, and this was all before I had COVID and had nothing to do. So I wasted all of my opportunities to do something productive in my life. Um, but Top Chef season one is so different. There are a lot of sous chefs, a lot of people who are looking to go up in the world. And this obviously stays true throughout the rest of Top Chef. There's still a lot of people looking to move up in their culinary career, but way more talent and recognition at the top level uh, from the start rather than like a Top Chef Masters or like an All-Stars where they've gained a lot of notoriety, which I think is 
better. I think that when Top Chef wanted to be trashier, it was really trashy. And now it's come around to being so classy. I think I think he's also Padma too. Padma really classed up the joint and like they've never looked back. I've been starting it and starting season one, Naomi inspired me. So I'm really glad we're getting to start right in there about the progression of Top Chef. But I definitely agree. I feel like also like spoilers for the winner, but I feel like the top three, even like the like top three is pretty predictable. Definitely the top two. Like I probably could have picked the top two from the premiere episode, even if I didn't know who was winning just by the experience. With these current seasons, I feel like it's more of a mix. Like we have some really esteemed chefs that are competing and have all of these different awards or worked in these prestigious restaurants. And then we have a couple people that have less experience and they either are kind of the clear early boots or they are kind of like the surprise underdogs of the season. I think of, uh, even though I wouldn't say she has less experience, but like Stephanie Semhar from... uh, from Top Chef All-Stars or the second one that they did this. Um, yeah, from, from New Orleans as well, yeah. Yes, love her, but the seeing her snarky attitude throughout the uh, throughout the All-Star season, which I love, but also kind of poking fun at herself at being like an, a different type of chef career than the, a lot of her colleagues and competitors that were working in like prestigious restaurants or made these names for herself and then she made it to the top three so like I love stories like that we love another Stephanie in this bunch but well, it doesn't matter if you've worked in like an amazing restaurant the most people that worked at some of the best Michelin star restaurants on this cast didn't get food on the plate this episode so I mean the playing field is very even when you're in the top chef kitchen I know and after last season I feel like I was so anxious about people's food being on the plate because Dawn, oh. lovely Dawn, as I was rooting for her so hard and just she could not get her food on the plate. It was... Ugh. Do you think it it's like rough. the curse of Dawn? Like because Dawn is there that they can't get the food on the plate for some reason? That would be me, but I would be like blinded by like, I'm like in the same room as Dawn, guys. Like fuck this food. But that's just me personally. Um, I feel like also... This Top Chef and Project Runway are both shows that are really demonstrative. And I think that some people watch other shows like uh, Drag Race, for instance, and don't understand that like you can be good at different things. You don't need to be good at being the best met like best uh executive chef and running the best restaurant you can just be a really really talented at home cook or a really talented recipe writer or a really talented like line cook or sous chef and just like project runway you can be a talented bridal designer or a talented whatever um and people sometimes forget that you don't need to be the best at everything to be really really talented and so i'm super excited we have eight total michelin star chefs on this season um do i know who they are no i didn't take enough studious notes but we have eight of them so it's exciting stuff honestly they need a better lineup of their cast like on the bravo site or something because it is so hard to find names for some of these people i feel like there were a few standout personalities and the others are just like faces right now I feel bad. I was calling Leia glasses all episode in my head. Oh, no. I was I, like, oh, look, it's glasses. She got that UTI. I hope it clears up. I also feel bad for, like, uh, to me, the, the big mistake they've been making is, like, they don't give feedback to more people. Like, this episode, I was shocked that we only got, like, we only got a winning team and a losing team. We didn't get, like, two winning teams and two losing teams with, like, an eventual winner. 
I was really surprised and I feel like feedback is always the number one place to help us get to know these chefs better. But um, I think we should just, they're divided into teams. And once you think about them in teams, it's a little easier to remember who's who. Yes. So for this uh, quick fire challenge, I, I actually really liked it. I want to get your opinions on it afterwards, but they draw knives. They're put into teams of three and they are assigned with creating a single cohesive dish. But the twist is, and of course there's a twist, the team members are prohibited from speaking to one another and each chef only has 10 minutes to work on this dish together. Um, so this is kind of what they're started with. They barely talk to each other at this point, other than some very basic hellos. And now they are assigned with making a dish together with the winning team getting the entire winning team immunity. So how about that for some pressure? That's kind of a serve. I, I liked when they walked into the room and someone, I don't remember who was like, I see a knife block. Maybe it's going to be a team challenge. Like, have you seen the show before Bestie? Of yeah, that was be a Evelyn. Team challenge. <laughs> Evelyn. That was really funny. I feel like um, this challenge is such a nightmare and they I've been watching it on like different seasons, bopping around, but there's so many like little hacks that you can do to like really set somebody up for success. And I think that some teams like improvised really well and adapted to changes and other teams like we're lunatics this challenge. But what it really kind of comes down to is like, can you speak without using words? Can you telegraph something without using any sort of communication? And I really liked it, uh, although. I mean, I did not expect in this very first episode that we were going to get both a quick fire and an elimination challenge where things did not make it onto the plate, let alone an entire dish not making it onto any plates. Not only he missed the whole plate, he didn't get a single thing on the plate. It was incredible. I was so impressed by how bad not, it was. And it was not just one person that had this issue. It was multiple contestants throughout the entire episode that were not able to make it. Th- Maybe it is the curse of Dawn. She was like, I'm going to spread the wealth around a little bit. But... Yeah, it was a recurring issue with multiple contestants that they did not get food or missed a garnish or whatever on their plate. And it was just, oh my God, like what a way to start off this episode. The curse of the bok choy. The curse of the bok. I love bok choy too. And now just like this entire week, I've been just like thinking about it. We run into a couple snags along the way. The blue team itself are the ones that, as we mentioned, are fa- uh, failed to plate the dish for one of their dishes. So that kind of uh, gets them out of the running at that point, unfortunately for them. And it's all, these are all Michelin star chefs. So they were feeling pretty confident going into it. How do we feel about our, our lovely blue team? Which I think was, one. so there's the I need to find I need to find the the team breakup. It was. Yeah, it's it's hard because they don't have a photo of their their dish, which I kind of wish they had just put like an empty dish photo. Yeah, uh, like but they can't plate it afterwards or the something? blue. I know I kind of wish they would let them plate it just so that we could see how delicious it would have been. But yeah. the blue team is Sam, it's Luke, and it is uh, where's her photo? Ashley, Sam, yeah. Luke, and Ashley. Um, Nicole, what? <laughs> Nicole, I'm dying to know what you thought of this moment. 
I love first that we have a Luke and a Leah on this season. That's so camp. Um, I just can't believe it was like the guy that was so hoity-toity, Brian Voltaggio-esque, I worked in the best restaurant in the world, flopped so hard. But honestly, seeing a white man be humbled is like one of my favorite things. So it was fine. But I wish it wasn't at the expense of Ashley and Sam, who seemed to be two of the chefs on the radar that I'm looking at right now, especially from the, the second challenge. I know it feels wild that this was, and I feel like they, they did this on purpose. They made sure to focus in on, uh, was it Luke? Yeah. Luke. Yes. They made sure that we knew who Luke was for this quick fire challenge. So we knew what we were getting with him and then forgot a couple things, but great start to it. And so a little bit of drama, at least, you know, they weren't too mean about it with the present company. So then we had the brown team who and they the did, rice all over the floor. Oh <laughs> our messy brown team with maybe Oh, a, not the messy brown team. Not the messy brown team. <laughs> I'll think of a better better name for it and the second second round of this. But yes, they had the coal roasted eggplant with macadamia romesco and serrano creme fresh. I, I mean, I it could that. be Romesco. Who knows? I love that when they had to explain the dish, he's like, it might have a macadamia in there. I mean, how would he know? He can't taste anything. Our king, the goofy little Jackson. Um, I don't know. He's just like such like a dopey little guy. And not a dopey little guy. He's huge. But he also has a hot wife. So it doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> oh, congrats. Yes, I did Instagram stock um, the people that were most interesting to me. Mind your business. Yeah. Yeah, and we've had, especially with this past season, we've had a lot of discussions about how COVID has impacted the restaurant business at large, but we really haven't. And throughout last season, we heard some personal stories about how COVID had impacted either their personal life or their professional life or both. We had more than one contestant talk about like going into alcoholism and then uh, coming out of it. So we had several like very similar stories throughout the season. And now we have a chef that actually had COVID and lost his sense of taste for it, which was not a thing I even really considered about going into the show. But what a what a way to start off. He said he had it about like a month before going into filming, I think. It's so brutal. And like, I feel bad, but it's crazy that he's not telling anybody. That's the funniest part to me. There was like, there's been a couple chefs who come on and like they can't drink or something because they, you know, they're sober. And it is so fascinating to watch uh, them be thrown a curveball, but they always really kind of overcome it or they find it really difficult. But that's just maybe because they make a bad dish. This is like a whole new ball game of like, holy shit, what the absolute fuck is happening? And I love it. This is like how you know this is going to be an insane season is because there's a chef who had COVID and can't taste anything anymore. I love that he's treating it as like a strategy that he's not telling people to like they're voting people off if they want to it's just like sir like it's unnecessary but I'm sure they're building up the drama for a later point in the season so. but in the, in the top chef rules of world of strategy don't you want to be going against the guy who can't taste shit because then if you just don't taste anything for him you'll win you'll beat him because he doesn't know what the fuck he's making but we're in nice top chef era so they're not supposed to do that top chef is in it's uh not it's flop era, but it's like be nice to each other era. Yeah. It's give it's the chefs rough. a kiss before they go to bed era. <laughs> a little kiss on the forehead, a little butterfly kisses. Oh, wait. And then we had the red team at this actually, this was not the top dish, but to me, it 
sounded good. They were uh, the top disasters of the week, let me tell you. I know, I know. They were not they were not with it, but it sounded good before you look at it. So they had the Asian spice pork chop with a grilled corn salad, which why? And tomato puree with fish sauce. So, you know, it this was a uh, this was something. And this was Stephanie uh J, I think that's how you pronounce their name, and Leah. Yes, I gross. <laughs> it looks like I I imagine what when I was a kid I hated about the idea of like egg and sausage. Like that's what this dish I, I didn't eat eggs, I didn't eat sausages when I was a kid. I didn't I did not F with any of that at all. I was a real picky eater. And this looks like what I think my childhood brain thought that eggs and sausage looked like. It's gross. I know they call it an Asian oh, spice. Oh no, you're fine. I I know they call it an Asian spice pork chop, but it does not look spiced at all. It looks so bland. No, it looks I, like I was just gonna do my Padma impression and just be like, who roasted this pork? I love when Padma gives some shit for not putting seasoning on it because you know homegirl likes seasoning. So that's, you know, at least make sure that's covered. This looks very, very bland. And the, the and pork was about that pork uh, you know, with disdain in her voice. Apparently it was overcooked. And like, honestly, I just, I just can't imagine that this was fun. But I also feel like this team this team was kind of a mess from the start we're gonna get into it a little bit more but this is probably the worst like aligned team to have this season yeah I feel like this was the thankfully they're not gonna be in teams for too long but this is uh I feel like there wasn't a lot of surprise by the I by the idea that this was the bottom team consistently exactly well there's the how about the green team? Another inconsistent team. Um, yes. With the uh, seared New York strip with creamed corn and charred Brussels sprouts. Okay, this actually looks better than the red team. So I will give them that. It sounds good. I want the creamed corn to be grits so bad because I feel like that would just look and taste better and it, it looks like grits right now have you guys but, ever eaten creamed corn yeah but it's like it's fine I, I mean like I feel like it was like a little kid thing like you want your kid to eat vegetables give them some creamed corn I corn just is like a goaded vegetable though like I love corn I'd eat that shit for every meal I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that salad for dinner to, we're, we're team corn over here we'll be team yellow but creamed corn to me takes all the best parts of corn and makes it like covered in milk and I don't want that like no thank you hard pass but uh I I have to say this and this is a episode really centered on beef um I I don't love rare beef and I feel like the this episode features a lot of like really rare uh food especially rare beef in this take and I'm just wondering like how you guys feel about it because to me I would rather it be medium rare medium to like rare rare just like is like oh cool i'm eating blood cool sweet i love this for me i want like somewhere in between rare and medium rare like if it's nice if it's like a nice steak or burger yeah like somewhere along the lines of that 
I don't know. I like, I, I feel like I was very, you know, when they're talking about how they wanted things to be more on the rare side, I was like, yeah, understandable. Sounds good. I don't know if that's necessarily the healthiest thing you could do, but that's how I like it. Like, imagine my dad who doesn't eat red meat being a guest on this episode. Like he would literally shrivel up and die. My God, my dad doesn't eat red meat either. Is that just like a dad thing? No, my my dad does, but my mom doesn't. I feel like it's a parent thing, but I also kind of don't really eat red meat that like I'm not stuck to it but to me it's like what can I cut out of my diet oh the most expensive thing sure yeah I feel like it's not maybe it's just from having parents that don't eat red meat but yeah I feel like it's something I it's not that I couldn't live without it but like sometimes I crave it a little bit so I don't say that I don't eat it it's given carnivore no one can see my little cute carnivore pose I have a big head and little arms T-Rex shout out what about you Nicole how do you take your steak oh I I do be liking it kind of juicy I mean I don't want it like looking like it just like the cow was just butchered but I mean if it's not red was it ever alive also true oh my god PETA is canceling us immediately we know someone that won't be our sponsors darn oh boo oh boy um and then finally is that the last one yes finally the yellow team with buddha monique and joe and they had a thai barbecued beef with salsa verde salad charred scallions and fish sauce butter buddha was so proud of himself he's like this was created with a little bit of a french technique was that his voice did i know i did not know what his accent was and it i struggled with like figuring out what the accent was exactly and then i realized it was australian and everything started making perfect sense but yeah he uh he that i feel like buddha is going to be a front runner they showed him so much throughout this episode and he's was excelling the whole time. The yellow team killed it in the quick fire and it looks really good. It's always, you know, it's going to be a good season when it starts off with a team you want to be immune winning immunity. Like that's how you know that things are going good. Um, and this is Buddha, Monique and Joe. Um, I really liked all of them as personalities. I thought they were really funny in the like edit, but this dish looks so good. There's something about a green sauce. There's something about a green sauce that always gets me on green Top Chef, sauce. where I'm like, mm, that looks tasty. Um, I I also, f- okay, here's my one kind of gripe. I feel like if this was supposed to be a beef challenge coming up, I, I always like it when the quick fire challenge is contrasting with the elimination challenge. So if you're going to do beef, all beef in the elimination, don't use any beef in the quick fire. Make it vegetarian even, or like, make it not beef related because then we're just getting the same sort of notes over and over again and that was my one sort of that was why i was so excited about the eggplant dish but also sort of like kind of bored by like the the 15th beef dish i was like all right please somebody like make me a cow and put me out of my misery out of my misery i don't know (laughs) please not this it did feel like a bit of overkill, for lack of a better term, but that we had so, so much beef for one episode. And I'm sure like they showed in the this season on Top Chef preview at the end of the premiere that we're going to do barbecue again. So like this is not going to be the only 
meat heavy challenge that we see this season. So it was a lot to deal with. I agree. I wish it was either like it made more sense of a continuation of the quick fire challenge. Like sometimes it's fun to do like a part two and or yeah, something completely different, like going a vegetarian route. I mean, I'm really glad that this team won and I'm I'm super happy for them. It, and definitely you could tell that with immunity, they went the most out of the box, which I think is very, very cool on Top Chef. Don't play it safe. Play it like really, really as cool as possible when you have immunity. But at the same time, I was kind of like, damn, that guy, dude pulled a vegetarian dish out of his butt and it was good and he can't taste anything. That's insane. But you, you don't get points because you can't taste. So... For we go into the elimination challenge, which we the guest judge is Top Chef winner of the Seattle season, Kristen Kish, which my heart was so excited for this. Love Kristen. Love that she has been a frequent guest judge throughout the years. Um, and so for the elimination challenge, the teams are going to stay the same. And the each team will have to produce three cohesive dishes for a single prime cut of beef. So they get to pick which beef that which cut of beef that they'll get to use through this challenge. And because the yellow team was the winners of the quick fire, they got to choose first and they picked the ribs. And um, they allowed they got to choose. Did they get to choose the team that went next? Yeah, yeah I believe yeah. that was like, and they're very nice. Yes, they were very kind. This is a very kind team to, so I guess if you want to be in your Top Chef is Nice era, the uh, having the yellow team win and then be very gracious with the other teams afterwards. It was a good start. I like that. I like the yellow team. And so they allowed the blue team to pick the loin second and hopefully uh, setting them up for victory after embarrassing some, themselves in the quick fire. I feel like, um, so I had a group, uh, a, a joke group chat named Padmalakshmi Step on My Neck, and I would like to change it to, to Chris and Kish Step on My Neck, because her little motor jacket, she could have run me over with a motorcycle. She looked great this episode. Good for her. We love to see it. She has that Top Chef family money, I guess. <laughs> well, there's so many spinoffs of Top Chef. There's like Top Chef family top chef kids yeah my hairdresser like there's something for everyone listen top Uh, chef has been known for its standable hotties so i'm like uh, i feel like there's any there's a wide variety of chef top chef contestants that could step on do you do you have a top chef like top crush like is there a number one that's i mean everyone knows mine (laughs) but he's married (laughs) <laughs> Shoda. oh my god oh is he married now I, I thought no he just I thought he just had a baby okay he had see, a, see I think it I think it, the woman he had a baby with was his ex it made it sound that's how he made it sound Shoda <laughs> we're, we're all we're getting into the nitty-gritty <laughs> I know I'm sorry I'm sorry see, no no I'm saying it's hilarious that we can see that he had to call the bag <laughs> I feel like Shoda's definitely up there, like high key, especially there's a bit of recency bias in there, but also yes. Um, if we are including married contestants, Eric um, from, oh my God, I can't remember his original season, but he was in All Stars, but Eric definitely up there. What a fine man. His wife is also gorgeous. So, you know, like 
great genes all around there. And I don't know, there's gonna, I know there are plenty, but I feel like I'm like forgetting some. I feel like everyone had a crush on Sam in season two when that was airing. Like, I feel like that's someone that always comes up as a top chef crush. Well, he's like 2004 hot in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, I think in 2004 yeah, he would say. I can, he's gonna make an appearance in this season. I don't know if you guys were watching those previews as, as harshly as I was. I got my, I got little my little micros, micros, what magnifying, Jesus. I got my little <laughs> magnifying glass, hold it up to the screen and I could see him in this. So I'm, Sam was definitely one of them. I actually had a big crush on Alan in season two because he said he was Jewish. Okay. And I was like, wow, what a king, love him. But people really have mixed opinions on season two. And I just think it was like a drunk pissing contest, but um Definitely it's like much messier. Season two is like the height of Top Chef messiness. Exactly. For better or for worse. Yes. I think that was also that's a good one too. I'd have to go back through the roster and remember my Top Chef crushes throughout the years. Yeah, it's it's like it's hard because you sort of lose track of people. I did just rewatch California and Chef Isaac is not so much like a crush, but like a, I love that man and I'd take a bullet for him. Like, that's how I'm feeling in the moment. I love Isaac Toops. I would die for him. There's no, nothing that to be questioned. Gregory in like the most platonic way possible, but like, I just want good things for him. I mean, I don't believe that in a platonic way possible. Gregory, I'm single. <laughs> I believe Gregory's gay. <laughs> Wait, Gregory from last season? No, no, no. No, 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 no. Gregory from All, from All Stars, yeah. He's gay? Yes. Yes, he's girl. Talking, he's girl. 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 He's hot though. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Maylin, also, I'm available. Hit me up. This was this was a great, great, great diversity Some of the teams were struggling, and it becomes very clear which teams are struggling. We learn about um, is it Leah or Leia? I think it's uh, Leah. I think it's Leah. Yeah. My heart. Yeah, because it's like, Leia. Yeah. I know, like I read it as Leah, but I'm pretty sure it's Leah. But Leah is dealing with a kidney infection and that that everyone's dealing with conditions before they came into the house. So she's still dealing with it though. Um, it sounds like it's pretty severe at times because she like goes to sleep bed with a fever. Um, so it's just kind of that cloud of doom that the edit sometimes uh thrusts upon us and the, also clear that the green team is also struggling pretty hard with uh with this challenge and keeping the dishes cohesive but also tasting good so uh we kind of get an idea of where some of the bottom teams will be it's i think it's this is one of those episodes where the writing's on the wall and they haven't even left for whole foods yet you know yeah, I feel like sometimes they want to give us that surprise of like they thought you thought they were going to do bad, but they actually did amazing and they're the winners or something or all these good things happened to them. And this was not that episode. It was very cut and dry of who was going to be at the top and who was going to be in the bottom. I was surprised. So the guest judge, uh, as well as Kristen, is Robert Delgrand, who own, is the executive chef of the Annie Cafe, which turns out is different from Ellen Stardust Diner and is not just a bunch of orphans singing musicals at you for uh, 24 hours, but that is where they're going to do their uh, their meal this episode. Oh, I thought that was what Annie was inspired by. It's a top chef life for us. Please. 
Can that be our theme song? Yeah, Back you guys want me to sing that? while I have COVID? It's <laughs> <laughs> a chorus, backup chorus in there. I love it. Um, um, that's it. So um, was there anything else kind of that stuck out before we get into like the specific challenge of like the drama that happened throughout? I feel like there wasn't a ton. No, not really. No, yeah. I like that they went to Whole Foods. That was kind of normal. Yes, because last season they did like the online ordering. It just wasn't the same. Oh, I, I, no, I want to like see that. people stressed over the price of lemons. <laughs> it, it really is like it's an experience. I always like the shopping segment of it. I don't know why. I feel like less less actual cooking, more Whole Foods shopping madness, please. Thank you, Whole Foods doesn't have the same ring as thank you, Mood. It really doesn't. But they should workshop that. I feel like they they have something in there. Thank you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> no, no. Okay, we'll go, we'll go. We'll circle back to that one, too. So going into the main challenge, the Brown team presents first, where Jackson makes a beef tartare with, I'm going gonna to butcher this, but Tonato capers and crispy potatoes uh robert has a braised pot roast with potato gnocchi olive tapenade oh my god i'm sorry i'm blanking today and parmesan cream and sarah had tallow seared beef with eggplant puree uh agrodolce shallots and caper berry relish a lot of things that i don't know or sort of know but they all look very good I mean, spoiler alert, this is the winning team, huh? No, I mean, like, start off best for first, I guess. They waste no time. And uh, uh, again, another consideration that this was not, like, a very shocking episode or premiere. And, but yeah, it was, uh, it went over really well. These all look very good. And I think they're pretty cohesive. Um, did anyone have a favorite in here? I mean, I was so glad Robert got to redeem himself after dropping all that rice on the floor by making that beautiful <laughs> gnocchi as an Italian queen, um, a supreme cuisine myself. I love a gnocchi moment and that looks delicious. I mean, I what's that green stuff on top, uh, that olive tapenade? I don't even like olives, but I would um, ignore it just so I could eat those pillowy potato pouts, potato pouts, potato clouds of goodness. I really feel like Robert was like such an underdog. I didn't expect him to win and then he just pulled it out. I was really impressed, especially considering he seemed to have a lot of trouble and things weren't working properly for him, but he, he managed to pull it out. Good for Robert. And I also think Sarah, like Sarah shouldn't be discounted. This dish also looks really delicious. And I feel like Sarah was the person I wanted to hear a little bit more from that we didn't get a lot of this episode. I know. I'm hoping that means we'll hear more from her later, whereas some of the people that we hear right away might be uh, either last can't last chance kitchen contenders or people that kind of burn bright early and then fade out. But yeah, I think that this it was a really good selection of dis dishes. They all look very good. Um, I, I I feel like the edit suggested more that we were going to get a yellow team win again like they were going to win both challenges but i i agree with the judges on their final pick and i thought that the robert's dish really looked the best so i assumed that it also tasted the best and jackson's dish for someone who doesn't 
know how to taste right now doesn't look half bad i don't know what that um i mean beef tartare i'm not really out here eating raw beef every day but i think those crispy potatoes look they would really look like they would really balance out the the mushiness of everything else and i don't know what a tonado is but it looks good i say never- sarah she has all these unknown things on her plate and i'm vibing with it i've never had tartare before and to me it's just something that i feel like as much as i like so many things I feel like I would not like tartare and it like I can't believe that like everybody basically did it this episode especially considering that it wasn't necessarily meant to be a progression of three dishes right it wasn't meant to be an order you weren't the first dish out of five you were just a dish out of 15. so like so many people did tartare and I was like if you really want to separate yourself I feel like tartare is just not the way to go I was shocked by how many there were I know, and you think all this from- beef? And you said raw? No thanks. I've had tartare before, but fish tartare, like tuna, and those are really good. So I can kind of understand the appeal of it. But I feel like once you know one or two other people are making tartare for a challenge, so you feel like, hmm, that feels a bit like I went, I'm not going to say it's an easy thing to do because it's definitely not. But it's like if everyone's kind of going towards the same thing, maybe you want to switch it up a bit. Especially when, you know, I feel like the people always will compare the tartars. Even if yours is the best, you're going to be compared with all the other ones. Or if you have something that's good, it might seem worse if there's a tartar that's better than yours. So I feel like that's always a dilemma when people are making very similar things on Top Chef. Yeah, exactly. It really opens yourself up to like a lot of scrutiny that I don't think you would get if you just braised or pan seared your piece of beef, I think it would be a lot easier to get by. Um, But luckily for them, they do a really good job. So congrats on the winning Brown team, huh? Woo! Yes, I think this was was a really good round for them. Then next up was the green team who did not do so hot. I'm kind of shocked we did not hear from them in the judging. But we start with Damar, who did uh, a roasted rare sirloin with mushrooms, beef fat, uh, vinegar, vinaigrette, and uh, sun-choked chips. I I hope Damar has better presentation moving forward because this just, it just looks sad. It does not look right or fun to eat. I think you need to do something different with those mushrooms because it just, it just looks very sad. Mm, um, congealed mushrooms. Mm, my fave. And... Uh, Evelyn had the grilled tri-trip with charred eggplant, salad, and chili jam. And, I mean, it looks better. I don't know if it would necessarily taste better. I don't know. I feel like it was okay. It looked okay. Um, And then Nick had the sirloin stew, stew with fennel, sweet potato dumplings, and charred vegetables. And I will give Nick a bit of a pass because he did a stew. So, obviously, the colors are not going to be the prettiest, but sir, there needs to be some garnish or something in there that makes it look a little more bright. Like, come on, this was the color. It was just a very muted plate and it, it could have been done better personally. Yeah. The presentation the, already kind of tips you off. And the judges did not like his stew very much either. If I'm remembering correctly, they were, not, they were very low on it. And this, this green team, I think should have been in the bottom and should have been given feedback and then been like, okay, but you're safe. It's fine. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I want to get into 
I'll get into, I feel like we'll talk more about it when we get to the actual judging portion, but I feel like they really cut down on the judging and it did not make it very suspenseful or even feel particularly riveting when we get the winner because we have one team for the top team and one team for the bottom and it just feels very rushed in my opinion. And then who is next? Well, I just have to say those mushrooms look fucking disgusting. Like, I love mushrooms. I love mushrooms so goddamn much. And, like, these look nasty. I would not eat them. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was it was very sad. It was, I don't know. And, like, what kind of mushrooms are they? Because they do not look like... I feel like you could do a more appetizing version of them. Yeah, they look plucked straight from the earth, but, like, not in a good way. What do you guys think? Any other thoughts about the green team? I'm interested to see more from them. We really got nothing from the judges on their work. And I'm sure that's probably frustrating to not get that kind of feedback. Like, I mean, the feedback would be that the mushrooms were ugly, but I'm sure that they could have um, used that for like a redemption arc in the next episode. Yeah, I don't know if what how, I don't know what to think of the green team because like they seem nice as a group. And I'm sure there could be room for them to do well in future challenges. And it's so hard to tell when the first challenge is a team challenge. But I, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm worried for them moving forward because it didn't seem like there was a lot of room for redemption at this point. But I hope I'm wrong. The blue team, who were nicely given a, some food to redeem them or given the, the loin to redeem themselves were um, they also had, I guess you would call it a tartar, like very similar. They had raw beef. Uh, Ashley did a, a kitfo raw beef with egg yolk and egg yolk sauce and red rice crumble. Sam had the roasted strip loin with cam pot peppercorn and bread salad. And Luke had the seaweed cure steak with mushrooms and black garlic shiitake puree. What did, what were our thoughts on the blue team? Wow, that picture of Luke's seaweed cured steak looks like it has fungus growing on it. What kind of presentation is that? <laughs> like, I know they were talking about oh him doing God. too much, but like, damn, this is what doing too much looks like in practice. I mean... Oh, not not my favorite looking dish. Nicole from the top rope. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> it's true. I feel, like the, I feel like the plate is not doing him any favors. Too, it like literally looks like a growth on the plate. Yeah, that plate doesn't. It, you know, it's one of those blue flowery like design plates. I don't know. I feel like if you're going to be a team, you should just plate on a a plate that's the color of your team just make it easier for their all for all of us watching at home but i get it um i have to say like okay ashley's dish was very highly praised i'm i'm a little lost on the presentation here and it's mostly because i can't tell what's raw beef and what's red rice and i feel like that's weird you could probably tell it better in person but when i look at this and it was so big on the plate like it really took up a lot of the plate i was kind of like this just feels strange and everyone liked how it tasted and i'm sure it tastes delicious i did not love the presentation here it look it looks a little bit like it I'm, i don't want to be mean to ashley she has more michelin stars than i do but it does look like it came <laughs> out of a dog food can and i'm sorry to ashley 
because it also looks like it tastes really good, but the presentation for me is is a is a miss. I will not argue on with on that because I was I had similar thoughts about the presentation. I don't think anyone's presentation on the blue team is particularly great. None of them look look particularly pleasing, and that might be. I feel like they were kind of framed as a possible candidate for a top seat with kind of the positive plays we praise we hear from Ashley but uh it was I think this is probably one of the reasons we did not hear very much from them for this episode so they yeah this was I think it still looks good I I as someone that has had tartar before I feel like I would not mind trying this as my first raw beef tartar but oof the presentation is not appealing. I agree with you. Nicole, any thoughts on this uh, fun dish, this fun team? I appreciated um, Ashley introducing like a cool um, technique that it seems very personal to her, to the competition. I feel like obviously we, we've harped on it enough. The presentation was not giving gorgeous, but I'm sure, I mean, I love rice. Robots not to like. I'm sure it would have been great to eat. So I'll give Ashley a pass on this one. We'll got to see next week what she's got. And I, I feel like um, as someone who likes red steak, Sam's dish is, is serving for me. It's giving, I mean, like, it looks like something I would get, um, like eating barbecue in my parents' backyard, which is part of the fun. I, I mean, good. At, le- at the very least, Luke got something on the plate. Good for him. Period. Hey! Yes. So like blue team redemption, kind of? Kind of. They didn't get any... They didn't get any redemption or like they didn't get any praise. They were not the top team and they, <coughs> but they also weren't the bottom and everyone had food on their plate. So yes, question mark. Oh, can we talk about how Sam has bread salad on his dish? What the hell is bread salad? And can I get away with saying that I'm eating bread salad uh, as a healthy meal? I feel like once you say that it was on Top Chef, like once it's on Top Chef, it's legitimized. So if you want to have a bread salad, you are you are having a classy meal now. That's like when I eat a bag of croutons for dinner. Yes, it's a bread salad. <laughs> Please. Not me laughing at my lunch this hard. See, now you have been there. Oh, yes. Croutons are so good, though. That is a bread set. That is high class shit right there. And now it's legitimized because Top Chef had it. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sam. (laughs) There wasn't enough uh, on the uh, thank you mood. My bad. Exactly. (laughs) Um, The next one is the red team. Spoilers, this is our bottom team. So for the red team and spoilers, this is the bottom team. Uh, we had Leah with her top round sum- steak summer rolls with peaches and tahini lime sauce. Um, interesting choice. I feel like Kristen explains it very well that you can't just throw things in a uh, rice roll, rice wrap it and call it a summer roll. But yep. I feel like that is kind of what is done here. Um, and it kind of explains my feelings on that dish. What about both of you? I just feel like that dish, it looked more like a burrito. It did. It was very thick too. And I get like summer rolls can be, can be kind of, kind of, you know, thick girls, but this was too much. 
to me, it's just like, I you saw there was a shot of like one of the, the people at the table eating it and she like was struggling with it. And that's how you know that it's like, mm, I'm going to pass on this one. Like, I, I just like think like, like peaches and steak and like tahini sauce, like it doesn't sound like it fully works to me. And I don't think it was cooked. It wasn't a cut of beef that was cooked well enough to work that way. Yeah, I agree. I, I, at the very least, like the, the cut could have been thinner or something, but I think this was just not the way to go, especially since the whole team wanted to do something Asian inspired. And I feel like they did not collaborate enough with one another to really get an understanding of what that means for them and their team. And that's a huge reason why they were the bottom team. Um, and speaking of and continuing our curse of people not getting food on the plate, Stephanie had a seared top round with sweet potato puree, oxtail demi-glaze, and crispy shallot. And there were supposed to be bok choy, which, spoiler alert, is my favorite vegetable. And she did not get her bok choy on the plate. There was no bok choy to be seen. But to be honest, I don't think it would have made much of a difference because this does not look particularly great. And I don't feel like, I feel like the bok choy was her Asian inspired portion of that meal. And it just does not do enough to actually make it cohesive in any way, shape or form. You think she left the bok choy off on purpose? She's like, hee hee, made a little mistake. Forgot the bok choy. But also like, I'm just so proud of our girl, Stephanie, for bringing representation to girlies who like steak and potatoes. We're a very underrepresented group. I've never seen girlies that like steak and potatoes on TV. And now there's one of them and it's a girl just like me. Unfortunately, she did not do it very well. I just- Puree looked kind of like puked. Oh, puke ray. I, I just feel like this whole team was misguided when like two people were like, oh, I kind of want to go Asian inspired. First of all, Leah, I have a hard time seeing where this is Asian inspired. Like I, I, besides the idea of it being a summer roll, which you could interpret in different ways for other cuisines, but I have a lot of issues with Leah's dish. And I, I do think over what Stephanie did, it does deserve to go home because she served a, a, a meat that is notoriously chewy and hard to eat in texture in a way that is so difficult to already eat to begin with like that. That steak needs to melt in your mouth and you're going to bite into it and look embarrassing. But Stephanie clearly protesting, not not because she doesn't want to try it, but because she has an idea in her head. Like, I feel like they could have been like, oh, this is going to be a combination or like a, it's like an integration. Like, it didn't need to be like so cohesive. It was crazy. It just needed to have a little bit of a tie-in. Use like, like we complained about with the bows on Project Runway last season. Just use one element one vegetable something to make it cohesive it doesn't need to be that it's asian inspired and asian inspired is a great way to get out of naming a specific cuisine and i don't think you would really do that with european or american yes, tried. yes to all of that i cannot explain it any better naomi you nailed it but i think that perfectly summarizes the issues that I had with the red team and the judges had with the red team. And we didn't even get to Jay who had the North Korean uh, uh, 
bibimbap? Is that bibimbap? Is how you say it. Bibimbap. I round with rice, vegetables, beef broth, and soy marinated egg yolk. So this is what she imagines the North Korean version of this would be like. And I feel like this is just going in too many directions at once when they are still kind of struggling to get Asian inspired incorporated into all of their meals. This is such a reach, like uh, respectfully to Jay, who is Korean. If you don't, if you've just read about it and you don't really know what it is, or you, you never tasted it before, like, it just seems like such a leap. And I don't think the judges were huge fans of it. And I think that it's like, for a first dish, it's kind of crazy to go out on the list limb. I also can't really, unless it's like that really bright red stuff, I can't really see the beef in this dish. And if it's that bright red stuff, I don't really want to eat that beef. Like, I'm not a big fan of that look. It just doesn't. This dish is not appealing, and I'm sorry to Jay, but girl, no. Yeah. I thought that red stuff was a tomato. I think it is. I don't know where the beef actually is, though. <laughs> yeah, that's not, not a great sign if I'm confusing your beef for a tomato or vice versa. Especially for a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, I think just trying something. I feel like you can... You probably shouldn't try something completely new like that on Top Chef, but I feel like there is a way to make a spin on what you already know for a challenge like this. Uh, when you're making, she said like she studied, she like studied how to do this and everything. So I feel like there was a way to do it without going all out and maybe doing it during a teen challenge like this may not have been the best course of action. But it was still, you know, it, I feel like of the three, hers was the least likely to send her home. It's like the nicest thing I can say about this. Yeah, it's like top of the bottom. Still yes. on the bottom. Top of the bottom to you. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day, folks. And then finally, our immune team, the yellow team, Monique did another beef tartare with nori, tamari onion uh, juice, and cured egg yolk. Honestly, that sounds... A lot of egg yolks as well this episode, you'll notice. A lot of egg yolks. There was a lot of egg yolk. That is a pretty typical combination. But like, again, this is like, this is like, um, this is like Michelle Visage and wearing green, I feel like. At this point, like, I'm sick of it. Like, get it out of my sight. I don't want to see it. Go, go... Don't just go from point A to point B, go to point C, go to point D, think outside the box. But I agree. I mean, I think there was so little broth in, like, there's so little everything in this bowl. I feel like they she could have added a little more, right? Like, it's not just me that thought that this was really tiny and sad. Yeah, I mean, I'm a hungry girl. I go to, if I go to a fancy restaurant, I don't want to be eating, um, shrimp sized portions so yeah lay it on i'm hungry yeah this looks like someone already ate it and they had like uh like that that was the last little bit of it before you like kind of just like bottoms up the bowl but it just it looks like she could add a little more personally that would be my one critique of this i feel like in general this team is really 
is really impressive and I feel like this first dish from Monique is definitely kind of like the let down of it all um but I really like the look of Joe's uh ribeye like it looks really beautiful and like really like a good serving size too so often on Top Chef it's these dainty little serving sizes and this actually felt like you're actually getting a big cut of meat so good for Joe I think they did a great job Yes, Joe's black garlic uh, rubbed ribeye with curry curry sauce and tomato cucumber relish. Honestly, it looks like a banger. It looks lovely and makes up for how little we get of the tartare. Are we going to talk about the spotted dip? Spotted dick. <laughs> I love how someone on the team was like, how do you spell that? Like exactly how it sounds, bestie. <laughs> Go off, Queen. How do you spell that? Like, you're just really putting this man on the spot. This is a normal thing. Get your mind out of the gutter, Joe Chan. Of course, we need to save the best little laugh with Pluto's. Uh, Buddha's, I'm sorry, I don't even want to say it like that, but the spotted dick. Uh, suet pudding with beef, fat, caramel, and miso ice cream. Honestly, I would try that. It sounds very good. You wouldn't think it would be very good, but that sound like I saw the, the photo of it, like the way Buddha described it, he kind of sold me. I was I like, okay, maybe I do want beet fat in my, uh, in my dessert. I mean, do I really need beef fat in my life? I eat enough fat, so maybe I got a pass, but it did look good. Maybe I'll have a bite. It does I mean, look really good. The funny, the craziest part about this to me is that like spotted dick is basically just like, I don't want to be reductive. I don't want to be reductive, but like it's basically like you know, all uh, when you think of steamed puddings in Europe, basically it's like they're taking a cake and steaming it, and it's basically just got like currants in it. It's just like a vanilla cake with currants in it, almost like a blueberry muffin or something. But then there's also like the part of it that has like a lot of fat, like the suet, which is like uh, pig fat. But I don't know how he thought to put beef in it, and it worked. Good for him. I had no idea where he got the idea of putting beef in a dessert. That's insane. And it worked. Lunatic. I know. How did this alone, I feel like if the, if this team had been in the top, Buddha definitely would have won. And I was so close to thinking that this is where this was going to be the top team. But I, again, like, I think the, the Brown team did really well and I'm not upset about it, but the fact that, I mean, come on, he put, beef into a dessert like he deserves some kind of praise even like a little shout out to them i i completely agree i also feel like um what top chef does not to jump way ahead to the judging already but what top chef does that i like that again drag race get your shit together is drag race will be like okay you're all being judged as individuals but you're working on a team Whereas Top Chef would be like, no, 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 you're all being judged on your team. Like, this is the parameters that we gave you. You're either going to go down with the ship or you're going to win with the ship. And if somebody was shitty, well, you better hope that, like, they don't bring your team down. And that's what I really like about this. And I just wish that we got, like, the yellow team also got praise from the judges for doing a good job. It's a shame that they didn't. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes they do give shout outs to other players for better or for worse saying like oh you know like your dish was one of our favorites of the night even though you're you know you weren't in the top so good job or like the 
that, you know, like one of the other teams, you were really close or some other ones they have had people say, like, if you didn't have immunity or if it wasn't for your other teams doing really well, like you could be in serious danger. And I kind of like when they do that, it's like a little call out, like, we still see you, like, we didn't forget. Don't worry. He deserved that. I mean, he made beef into a dessert that deserves at least one clap. I know he really should. They should have given him something like, come on. And I think that's the one thing that I am not a huge fan of in this episode. I agree, Naomi, about how like the team aspect of Top Chef is incredibly important. And that's something that is kind of like a recurring issue on Top Chef, but it's a fun issue to navigate, very similar to Project Runway. And I think that this is a fun place for this to go. But um I was a little let down by the ending of this episode because I feel like the judging was so fast and we only saw two, we only heard from two teams, the the top team, which was the brown team and the bottom team, which was the red team. Whack. I mean, I can't they give these people an hour and a half project when we got that, that was easy. Yeah, and I feel like it, I almost thought it was going to end and Leah just quitting before they got to like anything too deep for the Reds bottom challenge because I I am one of those people that will like pause the episode to see how much time is left and they only had like eight minutes by the time that we finally got to judging for this hour long episode. And yeah, it felt it just felt very weird and it felt odd that this was this was a very rushed portion. I would have liked to, especially at this stage, see a little bit more of the other contestants. But once the once we knew like this was the top team, this was the bottom team, kind of had an idea where the rest of the episode was going. Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew that red team was doomed. And I also think that like uh, Stephanie kept going on and on about the meat and potatoes stuff. I, I was shocked that Stephanie actually lived to see another day, but now when I think about it and I look back at the episode, it's pretty clear to me that Leah made the worst dish. Um, and that's what I respect about Top Chef is most of the time when I see an elimination, even if I question it, I can always kind of rewatch it and be like, does this look like the worst dish? And you go, yeah, yeah, it probably was. Like, I don't, I don't question the judges' decisions a lot on Top Chef. I usually agree with them. But this? Hmm. There was a, yeah, you know, actually, I agree. I don't know where I was going with that. I feel like uh, right, glasses fucking, really just, kind of flopped. Want to be controversial, be controversial, whatever, man. I mean, Stephanie is just triggering because I saw her bra strap and it was reminding me of Meg from Project Runway season 19. And it was just like really traumatizing to be back in that place. The Kill Bill siren start. Oh my God. But no, and I do think we had like, it's harder to disagree with the judges, I think, because we're not tasting the food as they're tasting the food. We're really, as viewers, you're really only going by the the sight, like the visual appeal and kind of the feedback of the judges. Sometimes when it gets a little into judging, you know, it, it, you get annoyed based on like who they decide to send out over who they decide to keep. Like sometimes those qu- those are questionable, but I feel like, yeah, I don't really disagree with the judges in a lot of aspects for the most part so you know there are a few I could list them but yeah and I feel like this was pretty straightforward there was nothing too surprising other than the fact that we didn't get to hear from more teams in this episode 
Well, I have some awesome uh, viewer feedback from my friend Alex. Um, and if you want to leave us viewer feedback, if you want to tell us what you thought about the episode, you go to tinyurl.com slash quickfirefeedback and you let us know what the fuck is up. So uh, something that Alex brought up that we haven't talked about yet, um, and it's a little... Just a tiny little trigger warning for everybody. If you don't know about Gabe from last season, the winner, who we don't talk about, uh, who was accused of basically being an absolute dickhead uh, and uh, sexual harasser at his uh, restaurant to a lot of his staff uh, and more stuff. You can, like It just all kept coming and coming out, and you can read about it online, um, but they don't talk about it this episode. They highlight Dawn, and uh, they just kind of gloss over it. So... I'm just going to read what Alex said. Sidestepping the gate stuff by just bringing Dawn back and not mentioning him at all is some coward shit. I didn't expect anything better, but it sucks all the same. They continued to tone down the Padma outfits and double entendre and dunk, drunk judges table insanity in favor of even more talking about how important chefs are and how top chef of all things is changing the world. Just ignoring the very real accusations facing many previous contestants and judges is some woke corporate capitalism at its finest. Go off, Alex. Um... And I feel like this is kind of reflective of how I feel, which is that like, I think ignoring it is bad. And I think every single Top Chef judge has been ignoring it and trying to get away from it. Um, and it makes me sad that Top Chef can't say, yeah, this person does suck. We're gonna not interact with them anymore. I mean, I know that they'll never bring Gabe back, but like, I wish they would say it. Yeah, and I feel like, so when that happened, I actually, did not watch the finale in entirety when I heard about that because it was some uh, triggering s shit. But the, you know, it was very sad to hear about. You know, this was last season was something that I was really, uh, uh, really excited about. I liked most of the chefs that were there. I did not know anything about the drama surrounding Gabe until the finale when I got spoiled on who won and why everyone was upset about it. But I feel and Padma did write something did tweet something about the incident and I don't know how much power she actually has but yeah it was pretty disappointing that Top Chef hasn't Top Chef as a show or Bravo as a network has not addressed this situation um and Gabe is not the first problematic contestant that they have had that has gone far so uh, I wish that it would they did more you know and I I agree yeah, it's an unfortunate situation all around. Like when I think back to last season, I genuinely, like when we started this podcast um, or started thinking about it, I was like, damn, who won season 18? So at least he's been like forgotten from my memory. But um, I think it would be really responsible for Bravo beyond just like excluding him from the opportunities that you get from being the winner um, and exiling any mention of him. I feel like they should have some sort of statement standing in solidarity with those who have, um, I don't want to put any language towards it, but those um, affected by the situation. I think that would only be fair considering um, the lack of vetting that went into the casting process. Yeah, it, it's just such a bummer. And I feel like, uh, you know, we've seen reality shows edit out people before. We've certainly seen, um, it's, it's one of those things where Top Chef can't change the winner, which I almost wonder if they should start filming like and everybody wins just to not get the spoilers out there. Um, but it is just like such a shame. Um, all right, I'm going to read just a little bit more um, from Alex's uh, feedback. Um, 
Completely insane move for Jackson to hide the fact that he lost his sense of taste and smell. I love it. I hope the oversharing of medical issues continues with Leah and her potentially infected bladder gone. I want to make pasta like a wonton, like a pasta is maybe the greatest exchange in Top Chef history. Lots of people really stumbling out of the gate. It's almost like forced team challenges are bad. The right chef went home from those dishes, but who knows if they hadn't kneecapped themselves with a the theme none of them wanted. Um, I mean, this episode was a great, messy first episode. I cannot wait to see what this season holds, which they already teased. Tiffany Dairy at Restaurant Wars. Is there anything else we could want in a season? Yeah. Like, incredible. Oh, my heart. I love Tiffany Dairy. I want her just in like the regular rotation of judges like anything she deserves top billing on every episode that she is a guest judge for and I'm glad they gave her one of the biggest challenges which is restaurant wars oh my heart I'm very excited to see the I I feel like I don't get as excited about guest judges on any other show other than top chef as if I have any knowledge of cooking but I do love when past top chef contestants come on so pretty excited yeah, it seems like it's going to be a fun season. Obviously, we got to have restaurant wars. I want to see bitches crying. I want to see people screaming. Um, and I want to see some fun new challenges. I'm just happy that we have Top Chef back. We have, It seems like we have a really cool cast. I mean, there's a lot of people we didn't even discuss just yet that I think are really interesting. And I think it's going to be a fun ride. I agree. And for... All of those, I would like to remind you, if you want to put in your feedback as well, you should submit your thoughts and comments or questions to tinyurl.com slash quickfirefeedback, and we'll possibly read them on the show, and I think that would be a lot of fun, so go fill that out right away. Oh, it's so great to be back and to be uh, podcasting with both of you lovely people again. Uh, Nicole, where can people find you? As always, you can find me anywhere you can follow people at Behind the Secret. Um, just don't follow me home. <laughs> you know, I always got to drop that. You know, drop you know, it when I always forget you say it too, which makes it so funny. <laughs> and Naomi, where can people find you? Um, I am on a Twitter storm these days because I am locked down due to COVID. So you can follow me at Naomi Calhoun on Twitter or at n-a-y underscore o-h underscore m-i on instagram i'm just losing it at the seams here folks so you can follow my descent into madness along with me um and highly recommend you check out all the other silent podcasts that are going on um i'm going to be on the australian survivor recap soon which i'm super excited about um and they just finished up the amazing race uh, there's a lot going on and bb canada coverage so make sure to tune in by the way gia um, I hear that there's a really interesting podcast coming up that you may or may not be involved in. Could you tell us a little bit more? There might be. So for the first time, Silent Podcast will be covering uh, U.S. Survivor. And Survivor 42 is airing very soon. So I will be at the head for I Don't Know About That, which is our official podcast for Survivor 42 coverage. I'm very excited to have a great lineup of guests moving forward. Maybe some people from this podcast too, question mark. And very excited to start this journey and hopefully people enjoy the madness of it. I don't know what this season is going to bring, but it's probably a lot of twists. Um, and But I'm very excited for what we're going to get to see. And, uh, and people can also just find me on Twitter with my usual shenanigans at Classically Gia. 
Classic as always. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for being here for this first episode. Thank you to the audience for listening. And guys, follow along. We're going to have one hell of a season. Um, so pack your knives safely away and stay because we are going to have some more fun with season 19 with the Quickfire Queens. Thank you for listening and have a good rest of your day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.